Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, however you get your Bible, whether that's through book form or on an app, go ahead and take them out and open them up to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're only going to read a couple of verses, but these are very important verses. And so we want, uh, we want you to hear these verses. And I'm going to tell you just a little bit more about where we are in our series. If you're wondering, we're getting to habit 3, but today we're going to call it preparation for habit 3, which we'll get more into next week, and I'll tell you more about that here in just a second. But I want you to hear this scripture. Uh, We're going to read from the New Revised Standard Version. And so if you have an app, you can click to that right away. And uh, let's hear the word of the Lord this morning. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. This is the word of God. For the people of God, and our response is, thanks be to God. Well, as I've already told you, we were supposed to have missionaries here today. And so, I wasn't preparing to speak. (laughs) But there's this verse that says, always be prepared to give an account. So, this verse is very applicable today. (laughs) But it actually is very providential, I believe. Because as I was preparing for next week's sermon this week... Uh, I began to see, boy, there's just so much here. I don't want to rush through anything, and I don't want to leave anything out. And so when this call came through, it was just like all of a sudden, okay, well, we'll just take some of next week and move it to this week, and then next week won't be so long. Does that sound good to everybody? Win-win, right? Uh, And so I wanted us to do a little bit of teaching just from this is not so much a sermon preaching, but I wanted us to hear a teaching around this very important passage. For centuries to this day, Jewish people will recite this in the morning and the evening and several other times. This prayer is the prayer of Judaism. And so it's important for us to hear what this has to teach us as we begin to move next week into our habit three. And I'm not even going to tell you what the habit is. Uh, You'll just have to come next week to find out. But we're going to use this prayer in this passage. And so I want you to hear the depth of this teaching. It starts out with that first word that we're going to look at. And we're going to look at several words because the beauty of this passage is there are so many words that have multiple meanings and understanding that really enhances our understanding. And that first word is the word what? Say it with me. Here. Good. Good job, Daniel. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Thank you for your enthusiasm, Ethan. I appreciate it. All right. Here, that shows me that he was hearing. That's good. Here, the Hebrew word for the word here is the word shema. Let's say that together. Ready? One, two, three. 
Shema. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, two, three. Shema. In fact, most Jews will say this is what the whole prayer is just called. Shema. The Shema. Shema. It means hear, of course. But it is not just about hearing, like audio waves coming in, although it does involve that. Prophets would talk about, let those who have ears, Shema. Let them hear. Let them hear. So it does work with that. But there's more to just hear than just hearing. There is something else that needs to happen. With the hearing, there is this understanding that you will respond. You'll respond to it. You'll pay attention. You'll focus. How many of you uh, have kids? You online. How many of you have kids? All right? And you say something to them, but you, you, you don't see any pay attention or focus. Have you, have you had this? Like, like my son Jackson might be watching something on television, and I might say, hey, Jackson. And he might continue just watching television. And I need him to shema. I need him not just to hear, but I need him to pay attention and focus, to look up and make eye contact with me. That's important. That's a part of shema. And then even more when I say to him, hey, it's time to do your chore and take the recycling bin out. Shema has that connotation of not only did I hear those sound waves come into my ear, but I paid attention, I focused on them, and then there was an action that I was called to do. And I know that he has fully shamad when I see him get up off the couch and go into our kitchen and pick up the recycling bin and go outside and dump it out. That is the connotation of Shema. Shema is important. And so this prayer is saying to Israel and to us, thousands of years later, hear, O C3 Naz, yes, hear the sound waves, but pay attention, focus on, and respond to with obedience to what is coming. See, already, isn't this just opening things up for you? But the next question then is, who do we shema? Who are we hearing, paying attention to, focusing on, and responding to, or obeying? Who is it? What does the Scripture tell us? Hear, O Israel, the Lord. The Lord. Now, because we just have some extra time today, I get to to geek out a little bit. Is that okay? Can I just geek out just for a little bit with Hebrew language? it's, It's a little bit of geeking out and a little bit of a pet peeve. It's not a huge pet peeve. But it's just a little bit of a pet peeve. The the Lord, whenever you see in your Bibles, the Lord in all caps, it is the holy name of God, which is the word Yahweh. Or it's often shown just with these four letters. These are English, obviously, but in Hebrew, these four letters. It is the word Yahweh. It is the name that God gave to Moses in the burning bush when Moses said, okay, you're asking me to go and tell Pharaoh that to let my people go and to tell the people to get ready. Who am I to tell them sent me? And he says, tell them Yahweh, which means I will be who I will be. I know it's a, it's a metaphor, but it's saying, I am the ground of being. I'm the one who's always existed and will always exist. And you're not going to trap me into some little name. I am going to be whoever I will be. I am God. I am Yahweh. Now, the people of Israel, whenever you read that, and you'll see that that 
the Lord in all caps is all through your scriptures. It's mentioned thousands of times. But the Hebrew people began to say that name is secret, or not secret, uh, it is very sacred. And so they wanted to approach it with reverence, and it got to the point where they did not even want to speak that when they were reading the scriptures. So whenever they saw that Y-H-W-H, that Yahweh, they would substitute the word Adonai for it, which means Lord, the Lord. Now, they were worried that as people were reading, I, I know, I'm geeking out. Are you still with me? Okay, I, I, this, is, this is really geeky, okay? Just bear with me today. You online, thank you for your, your patience. So what they decided to do is they were worried that as somebody was reading, especially if they had a new rabbi and they were reading along, that they might not catch that and they might accidentally say the holy name out loud. And so they began to take the vowel sounds, let's click to the next slide, the A, the O, and the A from Adonai, and they began to put it in between the letters of the sacred name as kind of a visual cue so that you don't say Yahweh, you say Adonai. So it kind of looked like this. Let's go to the next slide there. Yahuwah. Now, no one ever said Yahuwah. They only said Adonai. It was just a visual cue so that they wouldn't say the holy name, but they would give it reverence and say, Lord. Now, now again, I'm geeking out here because this shows you how, how we need biblical scholars who understand the language. Because then the Latin people came along, those Roman early Christian writers came along and they saw this and they didn't know this because they hadn't had interaction with Jewish people. And so they began to translate Yahuwah as, let's go to the next slide, Jehovah. And so we now have even songs that talk about Jehovah. But no good Jew ever said the word Jehovah. Now, this is where it's my pet peeve, all right? And, and I, got, I got a little petty with my pet peeve sometimes. We used to sing that song, Days of Elijah. You know, and there's this, the, the middle part that says, There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. And I would say, There's no God called Jehovah. I, I'm, you're with me. I, I'm, I'm grateful for this. this. This is really just geeking out a little bit, okay? Now, if you enjoy songs that say Jehovah, or you yourself have prayed a prayer to Jehovah, it's okay. We know who people, when they say Jehovah, are talking about. They're talking about the Father of Jesus. They're talking about Yahweh. But this one is called, this is the one we are called to Shema. This is the one we are called to pay attention to, to listen and to obey. The Lord, Yahweh, the one who loved Israel and set them free in order that they might shema, that they might hear and listen to and respond to and obey his life-giving commands and to show the world this same Yahweh love out into the world. Are you with me? A few more words. Let's move on. Because the next thing is, so how do we Shema Yahweh? How do we do this? What, what are the actions that we are called to? Well, let's move on. You shall what? The next word is love. You shall love the Lord your God. And we'll see some other things. But the Hebrew word 
for love. I told you it was teaching, right? I, I know if you've been in school all week, probably the last thing you wanted was a lecture. But it's okay, right? You're going to join me. This is the word ahava. Let's say that together. Ready? One, two, three. Ahava. One more, two, one more time. One, two, three. Ahava. Now love, again, this has multiple meanings. Of course it means that feeling. You've lost that loving feeling. But it's, it's more, when you get to the word ahava, there is more than just love. It is affection and care. Like you have towards your spouse, or you have towards your kids, or some of you have towards your pets. Ahava, you care for them, you have affection for them, you love them. But when it's used in Hebrew Scripture, when it's used here, it begins with Yahweh. It begins with God. I want you to see this here and just say, let's flip over one page or, or maybe one click on your app to chapter 7 of Deuteronomy, verses 7 and 8. Well, I'm going to read portions of it here. It says, The Lord did not set His affection on you because you were numerous, more numerous than other people's, but it was because the Lord, Yahweh, loved, ahava, you. That there is something about this God who not only will be who He will be, but is a God who began and created all things in love because of love. And they, that moved out. And because of this great love, He, chose, he created all that there was. And when those two human beings rejected and wanted to do their own thing. Out of his great ahava, he provided for them. And, and when the earth became too much looking for things on their own, got lost in sin, because of his great ahava, he chose one family that was just a small family out in the midst of nowhere and called them to be a nation. And when that nation found itself in slavery in Egypt. Out of his ahava for him, God set them free through the Red Sea and led them to be a numerous people into the land of Egypt or into the land of Israel. And out of his great ahava for the rest of us, he sent his only son, who out of his ahava for us died for us and was raised for us so that you and I could experience the ahava of God. And not only that, but declare it and show it to show the ahava of God to those around us. You see, the important thing about ahava is that it, yes, begins with God, but it is also a feeling that moves us to action. We can't just sit here and sing about love, God's love for us. The ahava of God has always been about a feeling, yes, and we feel it deeply, and we feel it powerfully, and sometimes it moves us to tears, and sometimes it moves us to shout, and sometimes it moves us... But it is always to move us out to show the love, the ahava of God that we have received. It is always a feeling that moves into action. Does that change something when you begin to think about the God who is calling you and calling me and calling you person online to shema, to pay attention 
to focus on and to obey, to respond to this Ahava. But what do we respond to the Ahava of God with? With our heart. We respond to the Ahava of God with all our heart. Again, this is the Hebrew word, lev. It's very easy to say. Why don't you say that with me? Ready? One, two, three. Lev. Lev is the Hebrew word for heart. Now, again, it has multiple meanings. It can mean that organ that's in your chest. And the Hebrew people understood that. And somehow they knew that when you feel this thing beating in here, there must be something inside there that's helping me stay alive. Because when it is no longer beating... That person dies. So they understood that. The thing they didn't have a concept for was the brain. So they thought everything happened in the heart. So it was also the place of knowledge. Proverbs would talk about wisdom comes into the heart. And you begin to know things. You know it with your heart. The next thing is, of course, it's the place of emotions. That a heart like Hannah, when she couldn't have a child... Her heart was broken. Her lave was broken. But it's also substitute to what we would call the gut feeling. It's the place where you make choices. Where you you just kind of know and you understand and you make those choices out of your heart. We say this, don't we? I feel it in my heart. This is the right thing. This is where we are called to love God. Love Ahava Yahweh in our Shema, our obedience to Him. With all of who you are, young person. With all of who you are, young student. With all of who you are, young child. You are called to love God with all of, yes, the inside of who you are. With all of your wisdom that God gives to you. With all of your emotions you are called to love. With all of your gut decisions and feelings you are called to honor this God who loved you and longs for His love to be expressed in you. Are you with me? Is this changing this two verses for you? Just just a little bit. We've got two more words. Can you hang with me? You see, if I had tried to cram this all into next week, you'd all, you'd all have stomach rumbling from lack of lunch. With all your heart, and then the next word, with all your soul. With all your soul. Now, this word, especially in English, has a lot of baggage. So I want to tell you, this is not your Greek philosophical soul. Okay? You see, we've learned a lot from the Greeks in our Western culture. And the Greeks had this idea of a soul being this disembodied thing that floated along in existence outside and then was trapped inside this gross fleshly body. And it's longing for the day when this can be done away with and the soul can return to wherever it came from. And that is not the soul that we're talking about. The Hebrew people have some understanding of what happens after death, but they don't use this word that we're going to learn here in just a second. So take out that Greek philosophical soul, put it away, save it for some time later. The word that we're called to love God with all of is the word nephesh. That's a fun word to say, isn't it? Let's say it all together. Ready? One, two, three. Nephesh. Nephesh. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Nephesh. 
Good, good, good. Now, nephesh literally means your neck. It literally means your neck. That's kind of strange, isn't it? Like when, when Joseph was put into slavery and put into chains and taken into slavery, they put a chain around his nephesh, around his neck. But it makes sense, doesn't it? Because you and I live as human beings by what we put in through our throat. Think about that, right? I mean, you breathe in. <gasps> goes where? Goes through what? What part? What part, Ethan? What part does it go through? Your throat. That's right. Right there. You put food in through your throat and it goes down your throat into your stomach and makes you full. So it makes sense that we live. We're a living being because of what comes in and out of our throat, what we put in our throat. But that word is so much more than just soul, like this disembodied thing that floats away after we die. It is literally the word all the way back in Genesis when God breathed into the clay person that he had created. He breathed into him the breath of life. And that being, uh, Adam, became a living nephesh, became a living soul. And when you have someone who is declared a murderer, a murderer is someone who kills a nephesh. And when the nephesh, uh, when that being stops breathing, they become a dead nephesh. That's the word for, for corpse. So what is God calling us to ahava, to obey, to listen to, to do with all of our heart, with all that's on the inside, with all of our emotions, with all of our wisdom, with all of our gut choices, and with every part of your being, your nephesh, the core of who you are, your life force, the things you enjoy, the things that bring hope to you. Every moment, the breath that you breathe is to be in response to this God who loves you and gave himself for you. This is just amazing, isn't it? And the last word then, and probably the most confusing, is the word that is translated might, or in your translations, strength. It is the Hebrew word me'od. Are you ready to say that together? One, two, three, me'od. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three, me'od. And the reason why it's interesting is because there is actually a word in Hebrew for strength. It is the word koach. I'm not going to have you say that because of COVID and you might spit on somebody. But the Hebrew word for strength is the word koach. So what does ma'od mean? Well, ma'od means very or much. So if we were to read this literally, it would say, Love the Lord your God with all your lave, your heart, with all your soul, and with all your very. Or with all your much. Or maybe your muchness. How many of you love God with all your muchness? So what is me'od? Me'od is a, an enhancing word. So God, when he was creating everything that, that there was, every day he said he looked upon it and it was good. But when he finished... He looked and said it was me'od good. It was very good. It can also be a, a word that is used to fill that, whatever is coming right after it, to fill it to the fullness of everything. So when Jacob became rich with his uncle, he became me'od, me'od rich. 
Like he was, he had lots of goats and sheep and people and all kinds of things that made him me'od, me'od, wealthy. And so, how do we love God with our muchness? Means not only our hearts, not only the emotions, the, the wisdom, the choices, not just all of who we are in our living nefesh, our soul, with the life force that is in us, but with everything with our muchness with the things that god gives us and you can see again how difficult this is to translate because when jewish scholars were translating this meod word into greek they used the greek word dunamis which means power or strength and because western culture loves power and strength we decided that would be our translation when we got to english And it does include that, your strength. That's a part of muchness. It's something you can do something with. But when Jewish scholars were translating it into Aramaic, they used the word wealth. Ooh, I don't know if we like that one in Western culture. (laughs) Love the Lord your God with all your wealth. Ooh, are we loving God with all our muchness? Me'od, you don't like this word anymore, do you? And when Jesus, the one we should pay attention to the most, translated ma'od, he used two words, mind and strength. See, he was beginning, he was wanting to say, it's the things that you have power over. Your mind, your thoughts, your attitudes, all of those things, and Yes, your strength, the things that you have the abilities to do, you should love the Lord your God with all of those. This kind of changes things, doesn't it? This is, there's a lot packed into these two short verses. There's a reason why the Hebrew people recite this day in and day out. And it's important that we realize how Jesus connected this love, this ahava that starts with God, but is always a response out. Because he connects it to, when he was asked what are the greatest commandments, he said, hear, O Israel, shema Israel, obey the Lord your God who is one. And love the Lord your God with all of your hearts, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. These are the greatest commandments. And so as we close today, looking forward to the habit that will come next week, I want to get us just prepared enough to get into this. So here's what I want you to do. If you have a cell phone or something capable of taking a picture, go ahead and get it out right now. This is the only time you're ever going to hear me say this to you in church. Go ahead and get it out. And I have written our prayer out and tried to enhance all of the words, the meanings of the words that we have learned today. So it says, Shema, hear, respond to, obey. O C3 Nas. O church. Yahweh is our God, Yahweh alone. And you shall ahava, love in action, with all of your lave, your core emotions, knowledge and choices, and with all of your nefesh, your whole being, and with all of your me'od, your muchness, your strength, your power, your money, and your mind. And I want you to take this with you 
person online. Hopefully it's on the screen wide enough. You can take a picture of that. I want you to take this with you. And let's, for the next seven days, before you go to bed at night, and when you wake up, take this out and read it aloud. If you're married and someone's next to you in bed, read it together. When your kids come down for breakfast, let's read the prayer together. And let's do that. If, if you have kids, kids, uh, maybe mom and dad get up way earlier than you and go to bed way after you. So if you've got kids, read it at breakfast and read it at dinner. Will that be okay? And let's let this prayer do its work in us. And I'm telling you, it's going to prepare us for what our next habit is next week. Would you bow your heads? And let's pray. God, we're so grateful for the faithful men and women who study and translate your word that help us to re-engage the 21st century with an ancient document in ways that stir us and change us. And so, We say to you, we want to hear. We want to be able to pay attention and respond to and obey. You are God. Who ahavad us before we were capable of expressing ahava to you. And so just like your action, your ahava that set people free, help us to ahava others because you have ahavad us. And help us to use our hearts, the emotions, the deepest part of us, the core, the decision, the wisdom you have given us. Help us to use all of that to show our love to you and to others. Help us to use our very life, our very soul, the things we put into our bodies, the things that come out of our throats. May they be ahava in obedience to you, the one who ahavad us. And may we bring to you all of our muchness, our wealth, our minds, our strength. May it all be used in obedience to you because you love us and we love you. Bless us as we go. May this prayer do its work in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. For we pray and we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand and receive this blessing? And now, may you... My brothers and sisters, may you, my brothers and sisters and friends online, may you hear and obey Yahweh your God. May you experience His love and may you show it with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your muchness. And I pray that as you do this and pray this prayer, you will receive and experience even more of the Ahava of our God. For I pray this in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name
name of the Son who is with us and in the name of the Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Bring two or three or four or five people back next week for Habit 3. We'll see you. Thank you for joining us online. Have a great week. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3nas.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website.